now we have pretty good opportunity because so long as the leases are written right and all of the extensions and assignments are written correctly, now we have a big mothership on the hook for this tiny little lease. Pretty cool. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips here with Heather Marchant, and we've got another great show for you guys today. I say that every week. I mean, Heather, do you think it's true? What? I'm not sure. Do we have a a great show every week? I think we do. (laughs) Well, when you come up with the ideas yourself and say, I think this is a great idea, then pretty I, sure all of our ideas are great. I ideas. am a self-starter. There's no question about it. So I think all of my ideas are brilliant. Well, and we'll why see. would we put content out there that we think is stupid? So thank heaven. <laughs> one of these days we're going to be on the show. We'll get done with the show and be like, man, that was really stupid. Um, you guys should skip this one after, like, after we're done recording and after they've already listened to it. You probably should have skipped this one. Sorry. <laughs> not That's today though right not today yeah i'm super excited because this is something i've wanted to talk about on here for quite some time and it's difficult to do because you have to have time pass right so we want to do a case study on a deal and when you do a case study on a deal you have to have enough time pass where you can talk about it after actually, the fact yeah, and there's a deal yeah. and this one in particular time passed very very quickly very quickly which helps <laughs> So let me set this up just a little bit because I was on a panel of investors a little bit ago. I don't remember how long ago. And one of the questions from the audience was, how do you do creative deals? Because people teach how to do deals and, you know, the structure of the deal, whatever. And some people's brains work so literally that if it doesn't go like that, then it's just not a deal. There's nothing there. And that is so not true. I mean, there's so many ways that you can set up and structure a deal so long as you can make it work for the person who is selling and that you that's buying and the tenant that's going to be in the property or that you're going to sell it, whatever the case may be. There has to be this win scenario for the parties involved. Mm-hmm. And I was just on a thread the other day on a wholesale group that I'm in. I don't even wholesale properties. I'm in this wholesale group. And this one person asked a question about something like this. She's like, man, I'm really struggling because I'm getting these leads, but I can't make these deals. And my comment was there was all these tactical, super, really good comments tactically. And I just, mine was just like all the tactical stuff is super cool and all of it works, but it kind of only works if you care about the person you're talking to. If you care about them and actually trying to help them, and ask them questions about how, what they need, why they're selling, and get the real story, you can put something together creative that can help solve their problem and still help you. Yeah. But if you don't know any of that stuff, all the tactics in the world isn't going to work because if it doesn't work for them, they're going to say no. Yeah. And you're never even going to know why it didn't work for them because you didn't care enough to listen. So that's my setup for the show today. Very good point. I think that it's really easy to say, I want to do a creative deal, but I agree. You've got to know about what you're like, have some expertise in order to do a creative deal. 
which this is a great example of a creative deal to the point that I've like told my husband, Doug, I've just been like, get this. <laughs> like, this is so exciting and so unique. And sure, there was some risk in the deal, but very little, which is kind of cool. And I think it's one of the only syndications. I think we did maybe two syndications in all of 2022, if I remember right, that we, did we sent even to investors. Two? Huh? Did we even do two? Yeah, we did two. Yeah. We did two. <laughs> but only two. <clears throat> so it's not like we're pulling from just the best ones that work out the best. We only did two last year. And yeah, yeah, that's true. I We would have done more, believe yes. me. Um, we're just too freaking picky around here. So that's right. So Um, tell us about the deal itself and how you found it, Ron. Okay. So I have said on this show multiple times that you need to network with other people. You never know when a deal is going to come through one of the people who is in your network. Mm -hmm. And this one came from a really good friend of mine. We've done a lot of business over the years. We've been partners on multiple deals. And, you know, some of us out there just like to do deals with other people because we like to do deals with other people and, you know, shoulder the burden and have two people creatively think about things and all of that. It's Um, less lonely, I imagine, because you can bounce ideas off of someone else and has some skin in the game. Yeah. And when you find people that you like to work with, like Heather and I, we have fun. Like it's fun. It's it's (laughs) not just a deal. It's Mm -hmm. actually fun. And then when things don't go well, you can still have fun while the things don't go well yeah. <laughs> instead of just, this is not going well and it sucks. And I'm all by myself over here and it's sucking because listen, this is the get real show. I've had deals that have really sucked and I was grateful that I had partners where I could cry me a river and a few of the tears were somebody else's. But when we win, we won together, right? On all of those. And I should probably state that on all of those we won, but for a while <laughs> we didn't win for a while we lost, but we ultimately won. So this one, a buddy of mine called me and said, Hey man, I've got this deal and it seems like a really good deal, but will you just look at it and let's poke holes in this thing? Mm. Sometimes you get a deal and it seems really good and you're just, you just got to go find the hair because every deal has yeah. got hair on it, right? You may think it doesn't, but it does. Yeah. So this was an office building, which out of the gate is hairy um, <laughs> yeah. because- <laughs> I don't know if you guys know, but people are working from home. People are using office space left less than um, ever and office buildings, not the greatest in the world. But, you know, when my buddy brought it, he's like, but isn't that where the opportunity is? Nobody Mm -hmm. wants this stuff. Isn't that where the opportunity is? And I'm like, actually, yeah, it really is. So let's figure this thing out and see if there's something here. So this is like a 28,000 square foot office space and It has a lease on it. The lease has got six more years on it. The broker that brought it to my buddy, I mean, we ran the numbers. It's a triple net lease. So the rent is what the return is. At the price we were paying, this thing was 10% cap rate. Like out of the gate. Let's pause for just a minute because people may not know what triple net is. Explain triple net or I can, yeah. Okay. That means that the tenant is responsible for paying everything. Yes. Taxes, insurance, maintenance, you name it. They pay everything. And so so the rent that you get is literally your net operating income. Now, it's good that you asked that because when we send it over to the bank, the banker was like, yeah, but I need more financials. And I'm like, no, you Mm. don't. Here's the lease. Interesting. And the banker was like, yeah, but I'm not going to be able to get this through committee if there's no financials. I said, this is a true triple net lease. 
Yeah. They pay all of these expenses. I'll give them to you, but it's irrelevant. They pay yeah. them. And so when you're figuring out the cash flow numbers internally for the bank, it was kind of weird that he's ever. never used like just it's the rent payment is the NOI. Yeah. So it's super easy calculation. You can put it in your little computer the way that it is and overcomplicated if you want, but that's the NOI. NOI is net operating income. Okay. So kind of like your cash flow. Is, and cap is, rate, if you guys yeah. don't know from past shows, is your cash flow if you paid cash. So there's no financing. Yeah. So we were getting financing, but this is over a 10% cap rate out of the gate Which with rent escalations ridiculous. for the next five years. Ridiculous. Okay. So then we start looking for the hair on this deal. First bit of hair, first patch of hair on this deal is that nobody is occupying the space. Yeah. So they've sent their people home, right? Yeah. Like, so there's home. a lease. Nobody's there. Yeah. Okay. Now this gets even more complicated, which I think this is why nobody was biting on this deal is there. Mm-hmm. It was complicated. The business, the company that was in the office space had been purchased by a very large company and absorbed. Mm-hmm. And when they did that, they no longer needed the space because they had internal staff that kind of took over everybody that was in that office. And they just basically shut that down over there. So now if you think about that, now we have pretty good opportunity because so long as the leases are written right and all of the extensions and assignments are written correctly, now we have a big mothership on the hook for this tiny little lease. Pretty cool. Yeah. So we sent all of the leases. There were six lease extensions and two lease assignments. Really? All different dates. All There's just different stuff in all of them. So unwinding mm. that without an attorney, impossible. Mm. So we sent that to our attorney. We sent it to the bank and told the banker to send it to his attorney. So we had two attorneys working through this to make sure that there's no window these guys could jump out of to get yeah. out of this lease. And came back from both attorneys that they're tied in. Hmm. But... My partner and I were like, okay, that's cool, but we're buying it. So we want to get an estoppel certificate on this deal so that we know that the people who now have the lease know what the lease is Mm. and that they're responsible for all of this stuff. Explain what a estoppel certificate is. It's basically just a document that says there's all this other crap and we're condensing all the crap down to this simple document so that you guys know what the lease means, what you guys are responsible for how long, how much money it is and all the stuff. Right? And doesn't it like remove recourse from like the it previous does. owner? It just says stuff? all of this other stuff, the supporting documentation, this is what it means. You know, this is what it means. You sign it. This is what you've got. Mm-hmm. And so it protects us and I guess them. So they actually know what's going on and they signed it. <laughs> so now we've got a locked in hard and fast lease with like a $350 million a year company. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. You like did some homework on the company because they could just yeah. file so bankruptcy. We, oh yeah. Like, so we asked for their financials and they sent the financials over very profitable business. And so I remember having a conversation with my partner and I was going, so why didn't the guy who is selling the building <laughs> approach these people for a buyout. Cause if it were me and I was in this company's position, I would want an early buyout. Like yep. that's what we figured would happen. We figured that we would have to have them have some pain for like a year 
and they needed to replace the uh, parking lot, some other things, and clean the building up, replace the uh, carpet, and do some other stuff into the building because they're responsible for it. Mm-hmm. In addition, they have to keep all the utilities on. They have to maintain it. They have to send cleaners over every couple of weeks. And the building has to be as if people were in it for mm-hmm. six years. So can't tell me that after six months or a year, these guys aren't going to get sick of having this stupid thing hang yes. out there. Yes. And my partner and I thought, well, they're probably going to come back and want a buyout at some point during the year. And that's pretty much what we told all the people who are in the syndication. We're probably going to be in this thing for a year and we're hoping to get a buyout. If we don't, it returns really well and we're going to do great on this property. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the part of the deal that I think was so unique that there was strong performance, triple net lease. So no unexpected expenses or problems theoretically, because you have a triple net lease. (laughs) So it was like, well, they have to resurface the parking lot. I mean, all that stuff is kind of significant. Didn't you say HVAC needed a little bit of work too or something? Yeah. So having that protection in there, having a healthy company that's paying the lease, it seemed like to me, there wasn't a whole lot of scary downside on the deal. No, but you had to work through a lot of hair to be able to determine. Yes. Yes. That's the yes. thing, right? Is that first off, it's an office building that nobody really wants. And let's mm-hmm. say somebody did want it. Then you've got to get through all this hair and yeah. try to figure out there is something really here. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you got to have something that you're going to do with it if they do get an early buyout. And you got to have some kind of upside there too, because there's not a whole lot of people renting 28,000 yeah. square foot office space. Yeah. And you went uh, on site. Like you went physically to the property. Oh yeah. And you have experience and know what to look for, right? (laughs) And then all of that. So like the fact that you were like, oh, this parking lot needs to be resurfaced. That's their responsibility. A lot of that stuff came from the on-site visit from what I remember. Absolutely. We had the the building inspected, the roof inspected, all of the mechanicals inspected. But here's the deal. So all of that is great. I'm not sure that we really want to own an office space. Mm Mm-hmm. We didn't know where the buyout was going to come in. We didn't really know we were even going to get one. We just thought we would. So there's still got to be some upside. This particular building was used for office space, but it is zoned light industrial. So it could be office space, could be flex space, could be small manufacturing. What does flex space mean? That you could have like some manufacturing in the back, a really nice office up front. You could use it for kind of a mixed use type of a thing. That's what I thought. I just, yeah. Okay. So there's all these different things that you could do with it other than just have bodies in there, like a call center type of a thing, because there's just not as much of that. But we also knew that Ford was coming about 30 minutes down the road. They're building a, they're spending billions of dollars on the new Ford lightning plant that they're putting in. And the people doing business with Ford are going to need to be close so we figured maybe we could get somebody there in a, you know some kind of distribution role. And there's enough room on the property where we could put a couple of bays in so that they could have shipping and receiving if they needed to. There's a lot we could do with this mm. that expands the number of people who would want to rent this space. So that made it an attractive enough deal. Yeah. And then you have some cost segregation you can do on it too, to get some depreciation. Definitely. I would never buy a a property because of the cost segregation, but that certainly does fatten the calf just a little bit. Yes. 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 So you purchased it in December, right? I 
think it was November. Okay. I'd have to look I honestly at can't remember. But here's the <laughs> thing. Like the day after we closed, we had our broker get us in contact with the CFO of this company so that we could give them our wiring instructions or, and, and so that we could connect on the lease and stuff like that. Just make an introduction. And on the call with the guy, first call we've had with him at the end, he's like, you know, we want to potentially talk to you guys about doing a, a lease buyout. So we just closed like yesterday and we were like, okay, cool. Yeah. You know, so um, sometime next year we'll get, he goes, no, we'd really like to make a run at this, this year, like before the end of the year. And I was like, my partner and I were like, okay, cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll just, we'll put something together for you and send it over. And we got off the phone and I called my partner. I'm like, did that really just happen? I mean, did we really, (laughs) did that really just happen? And that really did just happen. Interestingly enough. So anyway, I'm kind of babbling now because I'm a little bit shocked at at what happened next. Anyway, we had our broker come back and talk to us. We said, hey, man, put together a list of all of the expenses that these guys are going to have over the next six years so that we can actually ship it over to them so they know how much this is actually going to cost so that we have a high bar for them. So when we're negotiating down. And I can't remember exactly what that number was, but it was over $4 million. It was more than what we had paid for the property. Yeah, let that sink in for a second. They're negotiating for more than what you paid for the property for yeah. insane. Okay. So our initial number that we sent over was the full deal. We just sent the whole thing over. And of course, the guy came back and said, this is a joke, right? And I, we were like, actually, no. And here's the reason it's not a joke. Because when we take that much money, we're going to have to pay taxes on it. So let's say we settled for 4 million. Well, of the 4 million, it's over a million of it is taxes. And if we run this thing out for six years, we end up with a brand new building and we end up with all of the lease coming in and with the cost segregation, we're not going to pay hardly any taxes. Hmm. So settling now with you guys actually hurts us and helps you. So we're not joking. Yeah. So then he was like, well, we're, we're nowhere close to that. And we said, well, just send it over a number and we'll see where we're at. And they sent on a number somewhere around two, five, I can't remember two, five, two, six, something like that. And we were like, that's a no go. It makes no sense for us to do that. We ended up into next into 2023 and we ended up going back and forth and we were about half a million dollars off either way. And my partner called him back and just said, Hey, listen, why don't we just split the difference and get this thing done? It's going to be good for you guys and we'll make it work for us. And they said yes. Unbelievable. So you didn't even have to approach them because I think you were planning to, right? But you were going to give it a little bit of time. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely crazy. And to go back to the beginning of the show when we were talking about creative deals. So where's the creativity in this? It's trying to figure out what is the problem here? Why is someone selling? And what are the components of the deal? How can we structure a deal so that it makes sense for everybody, including us? And then after we bought, it's the same thing. What do you guys need out of this deal? What do we need out of this deal? And then communicating that effectively to each other so that everybody knows where we're at. They probably didn't think through our part of this where we're going to have this massive tax bill and it's not as cool as they thought it was, Mm -hmm. which is why they came up a million dollars from where they were because they knew there was no way. And it was just going to be a pain in the butt for them. And this little $3 million deal was a rounding error for their company. 
to have this problem kind of out of their lives. Yeah, that it's a big enough company to weather that storm. And also that you have a backup plan, what to do if that doesn't work, they still have to pay you rent for six more years. (laughs) And then in the buyout. So what's your plan now? What are you doing now that you're through a buyout? Or I guess we paid all the investors off. I guess that's the other thing is that we stopped raising money because we knew we were getting a buyout. We had closed with half of our money and half investor money. And we were just going to continue to raise till we filled our raise. But the window of time to close this deal was really short because Mm -hmm. the seller wanted to close before the end of the year. And so we paid all the investors back in two months. You know, they all made over 30% annualized return. It was ridiculous for them too. None of them are expecting that. Those phone calls were interesting because, <laughs> because they, I mean, it was a good call, but the, you know, I think every one of them was like, well, now what do I do with my money? Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll figure that out. I mean, yeah. good news is you're, you're, you got all your money and a whole bunch more. So then we'll figure out what to do with a whole bunch more too. But the plan is that we're going to do the repairs that need to be done to make it so that it's presentable. Mm-hmm. And we set aside money for, I think, two years to pay our mortgage and the expenses to hold it. And we're just going to lease it out. Cool thing is that we own this thing at such a clip that we could lease it out for, I mean, we're going to lease it for what it's worth, but we could lease it for considerably less than it's worth. And it will still be an incredible return Yeah, because of the way that we purchased it. We took something that was kind of a dud and turned it into a really, really attractive deal. And I think most people weren't even looking at it. So opportunity is all over the place. You just have to look around and and try to find it. Yeah, I think that's, it's exciting. And I like that you took something that has kind of a stigma right now and saw it as opportunity, right? That whole mindset shift of office space. I don't want to own office space. Nobody wants to own office space. And that you went, well, wait a minute. <laughs> if nobody wants to own office space, where's the opportunity, right? So super cool. There's several things we could do with the building. It could be split. You can have two businesses in there. Really easy because it has a really nice entryway right in the middle. So you could have you know reception there and have two different companies in there. You could potentially have four different companies in there. There's a whole bunch of things we could do with this space, like yeah. a whole bunch. But you now and, own for practically no money. Yeah. Yeah. Basically a few hundred thousand bucks. Yeah. Amazing. Which and then still have you started kind marketing of amazing it? to me. Yes, agreed. We will be. We're doing the repairs right now. We're not going to put it up for market until we get the repairs done. But yeah. Okay. Yep. That's a great case study and how a syndication can go so swimmingly. And I like the most recent one we've done and to update investors as to how it worked out. Cause we had a lot of investors that I spoke with that just said, yeah, I really want, I love the deal, but now's not a good time for me for one reason or another. Right. And update everyone on how it worked out is pretty cool. Pretty fun that we get to do that. I also think there are a lot of people out there who are just really, really scared. Yeah, true. Because we talked about this before, because you listen to the news and everything's falling apart. Well, that may be true. That just makes more opportunity to solve people's problems and create value in deals. And so you just have to be out there looking for them. You have to be looking for sometimes looking for the dog that nobody else wants. And you and I know, Heather, we bought a house in Utah like that. The seller was so difficult to work with that it got a reputation on the multiple listing service that no one would put in an offer on this house because the people were so difficult to work with. Three buyers, I think. 
I love stuff like that. Just give me the problem people, man. I'll take them because we negotiated a sweet deal on that. And it took every ounce of patience that I had to actually get it closed. But we got such a great deal on that house. I mean, I, I would have never bought a house quite like that because, well, A, it was way too big. But B, it was kind of, it should have been out of the price point we were looking at. Let's mm. put it that way. Yeah. And instead, it was in our price point because no one wanted to work with these people. So the problem properties, really, there's a lot of gold there if you look. Yeah, I love that. Very cool. So I think what I hear in the lesson in this is, number one, think out or lessons, I guess, to think outside the box, be creative, and that there's still great deals in the market right now. I think a lot of people that I talk to have been asking me and mostly uneducated friends and family, right? (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity right now, even though a lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to wait that there's opportunity. Sweet. Well, hopefully that helps people understand a little bit walking through that. If you guys have questions, reach out and we'll try to answer them on future podcasts. Like if there's gaps in here that you think that we didn't talk about that need to be discussed, then let us know and we'll put them in here. But until then, get out there, look for deals and make something happen. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.